0: Mostly Mm -hmm. listeners, you've got Jake here, and I'm with my co ghostess with the mostest, June Nixon.
1: Hi, everyone! Great to hear from you.
0: It's been a while since we got to Mm -hmm. record.
1: It has.
0: I took a little vacay, and then all hell broke loose.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. I'm kind of glad that you're not still there. (laughs) I was a little
0: worried. You there? Yeah, I was a little worried. Borders were closing. Yes. like in a few days uh, before our flight home, uh, oh, kind of yeah. worried all, about that. All,
1: that. all that beach and sunshine, um, you know, that would not been you know that great for you for you know months at a time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> all right Well, it kind of nice. You're a, I I went to the Seychelles, so talk about isolated. <laughs> yep. You're like a exactly. thousand miles from any any like population center. <laughs>
1: I wonder if they did have any cases around there.
0: They did. Before oh. I left, they were up to six, but it was mainly imported cases. So the Seychelles gets a lot of European tourists. Oh, man. And they were, it was Italians, Dutch, I don't know if it was French, British, or Germans, that's the other one. Anyway, they had closed their borders, and they were only allowing flights out. So when we did leave, a British Airways had flown in an empty plane repatriate um, Europeans mainly I mean they're just so you know Americans don't really go to the Seychelles it's pretty far it's 25 hours to get there but um, you know they came in and they did going from London back to Seattle our flights did get cancelled about three times and it's the kind of thing where you don't get an alert you just pull up the app to get your boarding pass and the flight's not listed
1: yeah like oh hey look
0: I know I'm yeah. like, thanks so much, British Airways. I mean, I like that airline. It's one of my favorites. But I'm like, you kind of need to work on your alerting process.
1: Yeah, I think that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm glad you're back, and I'm glad Thank you're you. still well Thank in you. your little self-quarantine. I work. am.
0: Yeah, if you didn't know if you're coming <clears> from one of the COVID-19 countries, well, I mean, we're in that we're in that boat now, too. Um, But when you come back, you have to stay in your house for 14 days and have no contact with anyone, which was fine because my companies work from home. Yeah. So very
1: very fortunate.
0: Yeah. Um, But anyway, let's talk about some other things. (laughs) Yeah, Take our minds off what's going on. And that would be today's episode is what it takes to be a good paranormal research manager.
1: Yes, and this is something that I'm very, very jealous of of a lot of people that have this natural ability to um, be really good detectives. Mm -hmm. And um, can do a lot of research about, uh, you know, things like this I just, I've always been, you know, very envious of people that Just know exactly where to look, where to dive Mm -hmm. in, all that stuff So, but actually, I think today I'd like to ask you the questions Because I think you are a lot more knowledgeable About a paranormal research manager Because you, um, with all your other amazing skills (laughs) You are also an extremely good researcher
0: well, thank you. If yeah. this is this is pure academics, pure academics.
1: Um well, why don't we just start then? Um yeah. Jake, what do you think
0: makes a really great paranormal research manager? Uh so everyone is going to think it's the hardcore detective skills and that is important. I think the most important qualities just and and some people have it and some people can learn it. Patience.
1: Yeah, that's Pretty true.
0: Yes. Because <clears throat> as – there's like really three things I would say. So patience, you, you got to have the detective sense. I don't think you have to be Sherlock Holmes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and determination. <laughs> yeah. And patience simply because it takes a while to do really good research. And, and, you know, you can't just get frustrated and throw your hands up. You know, you have to keep at it. And that's where the determination – you could say perseverance too – comes into play because you know as you keep pushing and digging eventually you'll get a breakthrough um so those are patience and determination i would say will override detective sense Mm -hmm. because with detective sense i think there's a there's a couple of things that go into that um not only do you have to have i'll go with the dad joke pun you got to have a clue about what you're trying to solve (laughs) first um, and as being a detective, one of the big things is you have an objective that kind of gives you your focus. Because um, you're not going to try to research everything under the sun. Sure, when we do paranormal and haunted research, you have to pull a lot more uh, things together. It's not like a forensic case, okay, where you find a body and you have to pull out the clues about how they died and who done it. You've also got and that would help to identify the ghost you also have to find the reasons a location could be haunted and there's a lot more touch points there but we'll get back to that one but from the detective sense i think the one big thing people have more of a problem with is connecting the dots because you're going to get so much disparate information right As a good detective, you have to be able to link them together, which means when you get the circumstantial evidence, and that's really what you're going to get here, is a lot of circumstantial evidence. Because you can't really prove a ghost and can't really prove a haunting, right? Right. But you have to look at the different facts and information and try to find the thread that goes through all of them to kind of solve the case or the reason for the haunting and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Now, remember, if you're a researcher, you're not going to try to clear... Any kind of ghosts or anything like that. But the information you get could lead to an outcome that would help the people either come to an understanding <coughs> with the spirit or perhaps find a way to, to clear things. But
1: Well, it's like kind of differenti- differentiating. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> can you say that? <laughs> I can talk this morning hardly. Mm -hmm. um it's kind of like establishing what are the true stories Mm -hmm. and what are the stories that have been passed down through generations yeah that's Um, true big thing right there you can't just like take for face value that you know the little girl chloe is running you know
0: (laughs) that's a good example
1: (laughs) you know it is haunting the place cuz it could be something totally different and if you're trying to make contact with a Chloe they're going to say you know I'm tired of you know people coming in here and trying to make contact with this chick mm-hmm. you know when it's me you know yeah
0: it's like it's, it's not, not me. me why do you think I'm scratching and pushing people downstairs cuz exactly. I'm not Chloe
1: damn it <laughs> exactly. my
0: name is Dave
1: Yeah, exactly. He's getting really mad that everybody wants to contact Chloe.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, I get it because people like to put labels on phenomena, blah, 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 personalized things. Yeah.
1: But how does one go about doing a lot of the historic research? Uh,
0: Well, let me, I'll say, let's step back and let me tell you about some, I I think, a good background for this. Um, Because when everyone thinks detectives, they're going to think police work. And not so much. I get the analysis and how to best qualify and quantify your evidence. But remember, when you're looking at police procedures and forensic science, that's not going to help you with stuff that happened 120 years ago, guys.
1: True. Very true. Okay,
0: you're not going to have that kind of evidence. So I've got two. Two backgrounds I think are really good. Number one, I think the best background is a historian's background. Mm. And because with that one, um, they know how to best look at artifacts. And just, you know, this this is kind of museum terms and archaeological and all that stuff. But you want what's called a primary source, which is items from the period or records from the period where you suspect the haunt happened. So you're going to read journals, diaries, you're going to look at personal belongings but you step back and you also look at what's happening in society um you look into title research as well because that will help you identify the person or who was living there that could lead to the haunting
1: mm-hmm. and having
0: and and you, you know you with that kind of background you know what sources to go to and we'll get to that a little bit later um The second background I think is really good, and everyone can probably relate when I say this, investigative journalist. Because they know how to ask the questions, how to probe, how to look at different information, and put it all together. And again, you kind of need to do your intuitive leap here. And a lot of people are like, no, I need concrete evidence, blah, blah, blah. Just -hmm. so you know, most crimes... From murders to rapes, all the horrific stuff, to even white-collar crime, is all circumstantial evidence. This is why we hear the smoking gun is so rare, because the smoking gun is very rare.
1: (laughs) Okay? Right.
0: (laughs) So this is—and, you know, if you've ever—I've been on trials. I've been in a jury before. There was nothing ever that directly linked, especially like in a murder, because someone's dead and they can't testify— All of the murder cases are mainly circumstantial evidence. Mm -hmm. And just so you know, even when you do the DNA analysis, that's still considered circumstantial evidence. Really? Yeah. So in order for it to be like the direct evidence, it's pretty much you got a camera that shows someone having the gun shooting them or stabbing them. And it's clear everything else is something else's account. It is not a direct witness or directly involved so just to put it in perspective for you, so whenever you hear about, oh, well, it's circumcised, no, that's how most stuff gets solved. But they have so much of it, the truth is pretty obvious. Right. So it's, it's that kind of background. So again, with investigative journalism because of the digging, but um, I'll drop a link to a really good book if you want to check it out. These are textbooks. They're going to be boring AF. But you'll get process, and you'll know how to get information, do information requests. I, and one thing I would say, though, is as you're doing research and you need to talk to other archivists or talk to a museum or maybe witnesses, journalism now has a a bad name. I, You know, in some respects, bad reputation. In some respects, it's kind of well-earned. I would say 95% of the cases, journalists don't, and you know, if they're doing like hard news, okay, I'm not talking about National Enquirer stuff, okay? Right. Um, you know, because j- journalism's been smeared um, for a while now, e- even though most of the people keep to the facts. And actually, if you go to the newspaper, all the journalists have their notes and recordings from the interviews and stuff. So when you hear like the editor says, um, I know this is a sidebar, I might cut it out. Um, but when the editor says, no, we're going to stand by this report and what this journal said because they turned over their records what they said is actually true because Mm -hmm. if that goes to court they just have to play the tapes you know um show the documents and stuff and that's why so many cases of defamation slander libel all that stuff that could go news never makes it through the court because they really do have the evidence oh wow but i will say from when it comes to getting access to these primary sources or to archives and artifacts from back in the day, just say you're a historian and you're doing a research paper. There you go. That's no one good. really has a beef with that.
1: That's so, really smart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so
0: whenever I'm doing research, I need to talk to someone or get access to the archives, and just so you know, most archivists and you are very happy someone's actually interested in the town or the <laughs> location. Right. I mean, and the other thing is when we're doing these, if something happened in the 1920s, all those people are dead. And if you didn't know, unless there's a court order to seal things, pretty much once you're dead, your life's a public record.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. true.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. So I would say take it from the historian angle for it because there's usually nothing malicious. It's, it's more like I just want to have an understanding of this person, place, or period of time. And, you know... It, it will, you'll usually get what you want. Yeah. I mean, you'll probably have to take pictures and photocopies and no one's going to let you take the original artifact. Right. <laughs> out. right. I mean, it, it would be great for a ghost hunt for you to use something as a trigger object, but you know, if you're taking pictures, then you have an idea of what would be a good trigger object. True. hmm
1: Yeah. No, especially at, um, I was just thinking of the Walker Ames house. Mm-hmm and um you know really would like to do a lot of the research there but you know you know a lot of the items that were in the house are also in the museum that's mm-hmm. you know pretty close yeah. it'd be kind of nice to you know if most places were like that <laughs> yeah you know um but um but what about you know genealogical research and oh, yeah. you know the title research and, uh, and things like that it's like how do you How do you find those things now these days? I mean, is most everything online?
0: Yeah, true. Uh, A lot of it is. I mean, so you've got Ancestry.com and I think there's Genealogy.com out there as well. But generally speaking, if you know the location, you can get the title records. And for that, you might have to just do a little real estate research, but you can see the previous owners going back for a pretty long time. Mm -hmm. And once you've got a name and a location, you can narrow it down. So it's, um, so I had a case in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and the current owner who was asking about the hauntings and what could be causing it did know who the previous owners were. And so you can just trace back on that title, get the names, and then go over to Ancestry.com because they'll give you a a date range and names and locations that you can plug in and it'll start building the, um, that person's history. Now it doesn't mean that that person is actually the one that haunts it. Generally speaking, there's a link to a property and, and the person or events that might've cost caused the haunting. Um, you know, the United States though is still a pretty new country and there's, fires and everything. So, I usually find you can get back to the 1800s pretty easily for the states. Beyond mm-hmm. that, it starts to get really tough unless you were in a major city and involved with the church. The church mm-hmm. is really good at keeping records, especially Catholic churches. I mean, by far, they've got great records. Um, but outside of that, like I'm Anglican, um so that's Church of England type stuff, Presbyterians, would fall under that, um, Episcopalians. Some of the records, depending on the state you're in, can be hit or miss, but that just gives you a list of names. Right. Um, And so you could, you know, from the title research for the property, you know, but out West, I find it much more difficult to get this information. In, in, In a way, it's cool because most of the cities are newer, so there would be better records. But it's pretty much... You don't really get great records before it became a state. And then that's when you have to start looking into the archives and museums and newspapers. Newspapers are great records. Sometimes it's hyperbolized, uh, the events and stuff, or sometimes they're glossed over. Um, But like I said, when it comes to genealogical, like I tie genealogical into title research just to confirm who the people are on the property find out if it could be any of their ancestors, and then look at historical events that may have caused deaths. So, like, Mm -hmm. right now we're having a little pandemic. We've had pandemics in the past. right? And and that could be a good link that could create um, the haunting, the traumatic effect at that time. Um, it's, it's, it's like a bit... going to
1: the cemeteries and just le- seeing all yeah. the children's graves that, and you see all these children that mm-hmm. died in 1912 or something yeah. like that, or 1918.
0: Yep. Yep. And, yep. Yeah. Uh,
1: you're like, why did all these children die in 1918? And then yep. if you do your research, you'll mm-hmm. find out that, you know, it wasn't yep. the Spanish flu or the, um, yep. at that time mm-hmm. that took a lot of children.
0: Yeah. And and a lot then, alive, yeah. yeah. And then, um, the early 1900s, about 1903 to 1908, there was another, pockets of, of a pandemic. But when, when you, I love graveyards, because graveyards are kind of like title research. Right. Because you can find a grave and find out the information about that person, because you got a, a date of death and an age and a location. So, especially if it's younger people, so say under 18, they're pretty much from that area. And so you can figure out who their parents are where they came from, all that stuff. So that's generally my approach to genealogical and title research and linking them together. Still, I think it's important to put the historic context, what was happening in the community at the time. And that's where, so you can see how I'm threading through different touch points now, from newspapers to the local archives to church birth records. You can get a lot of that. But with the United States, like I said, once you get, once you start moving back before 1850, and especially if your family's immigrants, depend at that time, depending on how they came over to the United States, you could hit a wall there. And then I think this is where the ancestries and genealogical or genealogy.com records can help. But, you know, at the end of the day, someone has to live on the property, usually to haunt it.
1: So right. I don't think you
0: necessarily need to go back super far for that, especially for the United States.
1: Hmm. Well, is there anything else that um, researchers should research about the area of the property?
0: Yes. And so this one does not get as much uh, emphasis, and I think it should. And it's geological research research. Because you have to find a reason why a ghost could be haunting a location. And it might have something to do with minerals, soils, water. I mean, there's a ghost, ghosty theory. I won't even call it a theory because I don't know how well you can... Theories are well confirmed. You know, it has an 80% accuracy rate, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, And... It's a hypothesis, we'll put it out there, that certain rocks and minerals will retain energy, like the ground will. And for example, we always talk about limestone as being a really good source to kind of lock a haunting there. And then in lesser degree, you hear about ley lines. I don't know if I totally buy ley lines. Right. I think it's it's more about... Water being present in the area than the ley lines. So, just so you know, whenever I've done ley line research, there's always been water involved. Mm. So, uh, I'm more like follow the river than follow the line. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, Especially running water, for some exactly. Reason. So, yeah. I think understanding the geological records as well for the area and what kind of soil and rock, rock and water systems may be in the area. Like I said, it's a hypothesis that. Water and certain minerals can can absorb this essence that would lock people into the ground. I, enhance it, tell yeah, them more. Yeah, correctly. Please. And I, if you've read the ghost reports, my ghost hunt reports on ghostly activities, I do list environmental factors on that right. as well. Because we don't really, we still don't understand what causes a haunting or traps uh, ghosts in their locations, so, I, I put the environmental factors just in case something, um, you know, there's something that someone discovers later.
1: Yeah, you never know.
0: You never know. <clears throat> Even though, I mean, I'm not necessarily a big fan on the rocks and minerals and stuff like that. I'm, I'm more about there's usually an anchor based on some kind of emotional energy. Um, that's just my speculation. On it, but so, I would say cover your bases and cover the geology.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. You never know, like you mm-hmm. said. Um, but so, what does a researcher manager do on a ghost hunt or a paranormal investigation? What what should they do? What's their role? I guess you'd say.
0: Okay, so this is going to be open to debate. So okay. feel free to debate. I Some people debate. don't agree with me. I say. Research managers should stay out of the active ghost hunt. Mm. And the reason why it's kind of like when we covered case managers, they already know stuff about the haunt and you don't want to influence the investigation. So I would say stay. It's perfectly okay to like identify the name of the ghost because you need that for. EVPs engagement, you want to call out to the person who you think it might be to see if you can get evidence that there it's an intelligent haunting or that the ghost is present. Don't get me wrong. I think that's fine. It's for the lead investigator, I would say, if they want to do that. Um, and I would say this is for a confirmation ghost hunt where you're actually trying to identify and prove who the ghost that haunts the place is. If it's an open-ended first <clears throat> time there, I would say... Don't even pass that information along. But if, if it's a confirmation, you're really trying to identify the ghost and the reason why it's haunting, then for sure. Um, I think the research manager is better to work with the evidence analysts when mm-hmm. it comes to the, the ghost hunt. So you've already collected all the data. Now it's going to the audio people. It's going to the video people. It's going to the image people. And... And the data folks, because now we have data loggers, we have Eddie Pluses that do environmental factors. Right. And I think as they're going through and finding the evidence, the, the analysts are finding the evidence, they can go to the research manager and say, This was like the question asked in this EVP session. This is the response that we captured. Does this tie into your research for the location?
1: Okay. Right.
0: And I right. think that is the best outcome for it because you're getting the bits of evidence that can prove uh, the details of the research and so this can be passed over to say we think this is you know we think this is the ghost or we've ruled out this previous owner at least because Mm. being a ghost hunter is kind of like being a doctor in that (laughs) you get a lot of symptoms that indicate a lot of different conditions and you have to methodically go through each symptom and condition to actually get. Find out. Yeah. Till you actually find out. Yeah. (laughs) To diagnose it. Because, I mean, let's be real. You're going to spend eight hours in the dark. You might get two bits of information. Really, you can't confirm anything. Unless it goes, hey, I'm Harry Smith. I was born in 1847, and I shot my wife because I'm a bastard. Uh, (laughs) But that's not going to happen. (laughs) Darn it. I wish it would. Come on. You might get (laughs) Harry. You might hear phantom gunshots. You might hear a woman scream. And that's done over six months of investigating, okay?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, you never
0: know. So, I mean, I...
1: I was going to say a research manager c- could investigate as long as they don't divulge any information.
0: That's true. I mean, I mean if if anything, they can do
1: that, if they're yeah. strong enough not to say, "Oh, you know,
0: this is mm-hmm. this is the room where
1: you know Harry shot his wife." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, but the whole and all of a sudden the psychic in quotes, you know, starts getting visions. <laughs> well, you of know, Harry and his wife, I
0: you know I shot. would never have a psychic. Yeah. Don't hate. I mean, you can go <laughs> ahead and hate. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> but like, I'm not bringing the psychic in. So um and so so like with the research manager though I, I I don't like to have them as active investigators for because they already know things and and they may subconsciously insert clues um but like I said if it's co- confirmatory a confirmation investigation I don't really have any hang-ups with that but if you're new to the site and I would say no the other thing is you could do all the evidence and then, you know, do the investigation and then let the researcher go ahead and do their thing. Okay. That's that's another part of it. I, I just, for me, I like, I like research managers to be a little less involved, just like with the evidence analysts. I like to have them be less involved because they're much more objective when reviewing. Good. So I'm a combo. So, <clears throat> I'm a combo. You know, I would rather be researcher gadget guy. Evidence Alice, just so you know, it's not my favorite thing to go on a ghost hunt. <laughs> and it's right. mainly because <laughs> I have to lug the equipment everywhere and set everything up. And blah, blah, blah. I, I would rather, I would rather do research, talk about the experiments, maybe set them up and then review the evidence. But I don't want to sit, I don't want to sit in a bathroom for like an hour asking questions <laughs> in the dark. Yeah, someone else can do that
1: Mm -hmm. well what what advice would you give a research manager
0: oh yes 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 okay so this is my favorite thing because i love books okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) start a library and the library is just going to give you some hooks to some clues to start looking into things so i would say as a research manager you don't necessarily need to have the how to do ghost hunting books okay but i love having haunted atlases and encyclopedias so i've got a ton of like haunted locations in seattle um you know haunted asylums they, i mean and the, the thing is they're they're going to be loaded with stories right almost like urban legends just remember the urban legends oh there's always a bit of truth you just got to find that kernel of truth right mm-hmm. and that that just gives you a hook to start looking into a haunted location and the people that might have been there, so that that's your essential. That's essentially your lead to start your research and to put your hypothesis together and all that stuff. Um, so start a library, like I said, mainly with just the haunted locations or the ghosts themselves that you want to research and find out about, um, because that also gives you a clue for the next step is you want to subscribe to something like newspapers.com or mm-hmm. any kind of um, like archive historic resources available for a location so I, I use newspapers.com quite a bit because you can you can go back to geez, I think I've been able to go back to the 1830s. Oh, I newspapers. think you can than, than that now. Yeah, you, you um, can. You can a lot of can. different.
1: It depends where you're, where you're yeah. looking. I mean yeah. basically. Yeah. So, I just but, yeah. recently did research. Amazing.
0: Um, I was on another podcast and I was doing Chicago's Mob Hauntings. So, I used and the, you know, this is about 1910 through the early 1930s. So, this stuff is very well recorded, a lot recorded. Um, and I used newspapers.com to get the names and the events. Um, so that I can go check out other resources, books, and archives uh, about the mob history to s- find to say why a location is haunted in Chicago with the mobsters and stuff. So it's it's important to have those records um, available to you so you can get more to the truth of the situation. And they're not horribly expensive either. I think newspapers.com, you can get a year for $74 or something like that mm-hmm. and you got a year and you can go way back and it's a ton of newspapers It's mm-hmm, um, pretty cool I yeah. used to have it
1: for a while it was just really it was just really fun too mm-hmm. just to kind of look and especially all the ads and <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah I <laughs> like use it to put a chronic like it, it, if you want to know my approach to um, when I was researching the mobster hits in Chicago I used a combination of Wikipedia has amazing crime timelines and you can do the Chicago – or you can do the Mafia in the United States timeline for Chicago. So because that lines up the major events with mob hits and mob activity. Mm. And then I went to the newspapers to get the details because you get the dates uh, and the names. So you can search in newspapers.com to get more facts about that. And then with that, I could go out to the next one, the library to check out some books on it for even more perspective. Because these historians have the, the artifacts, what really happened, eyewitness accounts. I, historians get a lot of access. And even though you're doing it kind of as a second party, third party at this point, mm-hmm. it doesn't get make it to publishing without all of the resources they used. So you can go and do even further research um, if you got the time to do it, but like I said, so, don't don't be so afraid of going should, to your librarian. Okay, I was gonna stuff. say. So,
1: how should you approach the librarian when you want to do some of this research? I mean, okay. You
0: know. So I would say, take the history aspect. I'm a historian. Okay? okay. And say I am doing research into this topic, and it happened during this time, and these were the events that w- went down. Librarians, just by saying a time person place thing uh they know how to string together the resources for you they'll either find the books they'll find the microfiche for that time you know microfiche which is the the um you know they scan this is before we had like pdfs and stuff but uh, if (laughs) you're new to it's almost it's almost (laughs) like a film roll okay (laughs) with all these articles (laughs) on it uh and they'll make it available to you just they might need three to five days to put it all together for you. So, give time and, you know, and you can be morbid as morbid as you want. It's like I want to know about um I'll just make something up. I don't I don't know if it's true or not. I want to know about lyn- lynchings in Athens, Georgia in the 1860s. And they will put everything together for you. Oh, cool. So, if you know, if you think a ghost, like let's just take Chloe and Myrtle's plantation. It's like I want to know mm-hmm. about this plantation during this date range, and I want to see slave records and stuff, they will put it together if they've got it. Or they'll do like an inter... Um, usually it's called like an interlibrary loan, but it it can go to the archives and museums as well. And you can talk to the museum about it too, um, and a historical society. So they've got... there's a lot of stuff available for you. Um... So go ahead and do that, and I, like I said, don't be too worried. I wouldn't say it's like I want to know if this demon from hell is actually, but no, no. Yeah, probably not a good idea. (laughs) That's that's just gonna get you banned from the (laughs) archive. Exactly. (laughs) Um. Okay. So that's uh, that's like the library aspect of it.
1: Very cool. there anything else we should cover about being a research manager
0: yes so it just just some general advice um don't be salty if you don't get to investigate it depends on the team you're on right and like i said generally speaking if i'm the researcher for a case i don't want to be an active investigator because i don't want to subconsciously color the evidence (laughs) that that comes out of it so don't don't be too weird and sometimes you you might be interested in the haunt and just because of logistics or time schedules you wouldn't be able to investigate anyway i mean but you've contributed a lot to the team okay exactly yes and you're gonna get it wrong something is gonna be off Nothing is going to be perfect. Like I said, it's all circumstantial evidence. You may not have records. And if you screw something up, don't beat yourself up over it. Let's just take the scientific method, right? You have a hypothesis. There's something you want to prove. You run all these tests. You get all this data. You interpret it. Turns out you didn't cure cancer. Right. So don't beat yourself up. All you can do is say, based on the evidence and records I've looked at, this is a conclusion I would come to. And the conclusion could be wrong. And this is why, like, theories are 80% accurate. It can be reproduced most of the time, not all of the time. I think you should, you should just take that as, like like a guidance type thing you aren't always going to solve it
1: yeah that's true
0: probably very very close and i mean you could continue your research and stuff but really with haunted locations generally speaking unless it's a well-documented place you're never going to get information on this one so at the end of the day you're making a guess about what's happening. And like I said, unless the ghost says, I am Harry Smith, I was born in eighteen (laughs) forty seven and I shot my wife like Well you know never gonna get the final answer.
1: I hope one of these days when we do an investigation like that and we do have the wrong information that all of a sudden we're gonna get a voice saying, That's not right (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yeah. You know, just something, and then we're we'll yeah. like, "Oh, I guess we better go back and find yeah. out what's going on." <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, totally. I mean, like, uh, like I said, I I would love to, uh, even though we go plenty of of a ghost investigations. Really, I, I I would be perfectly fine just to like research, review the evidence. Uh, um, if I go, usually we covered a podcast on being a tech manager, which is kind of my bag. Mm-hmm. You know, I know the research and stuff like that, so. I take the equipment, I set up the experiments, say, ask these questions or something like that. And then I'd like to GTFO and yeah. wait for it to be collected so I can go through it.
1: <clears throat> exactly.
0: But June loves to investigate, but... I do. <sighs> I just I like love to, take these the places. <laughs> to take the haunted tour. Take the haunted tour of stuff. Take some pictures and make pretty blog uh, posts.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty... It's pre- Pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you are cut out to be a research manager, I just think that's extremely commendable. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that, um, you know, we do have several people that are interested in that uh, for our team now. So I'm hoping that if somebody does want to be a research manager, that maybe we'll have three or four different ones and they can Mm -hmm. take turns. Yeah. So, um, you know, so nobody has to always be a research manager so yep,
0: that's very true that's and awesome. you know you can also break up the research you've got some people that are really good at genealogy let them do that
1: oh you got yeah some that's people, true yeah. you
0: got some people that are like little mini archivists mm-hmm. you know let them do all the archival research um i i'm a bit of a sleuther right. <laughs> so yeah. i like i like to do the newspaper research it is um, fun it is fun but once you get
1: down that, some rabbit hole, it's like all of a sudden you look up and it's like, oh, my God, three hours have passed.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, you know what? So this is, And this comes out of journalism. Uh, they use it in history, too. As you're going through the research, and I didn't really talk about this, so this will be additional advice. Always keep the who, what, when, where, how in mind. Because once you start answering all of those questions at each step of your research – and make sure there's a so what at the end of it. Um once you get to I call it 3 degrees of so what, you stop. Cuz you're about to go <laughs> right into rabbit <laughs> so tri- Rabbit hole, okay? <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> so very it's like true. like when I was doing the mob hit stuff and I was looking at bachelor's grove. I got to I got to you know it was a big dumping ground i i know the time when it was happening i know what they did to the bodies to make sure they i i didn't have any more reasons to go beyond that
1: because mm-hmm. one thing
0: because the other thing is and that's the nice thing about having an investigative journalism background it starts with what's the feasibility of this investigation right what really can you pull out of it and can you get because that that's part of it it's like a, a lot of this history, historical research that you would do for these cases, I mean, it's pretty clear. It's got to be practical. I mean, don't go digging for things that aren't there because, you know what, you can't step back 120 years. No, You can only take what is provided to you presently. And this is why I think, you know, you have the objective on what you're going to check out. Um, and, And really, once you know the who, what, where, when, why, how, and the context of those events pretty much as a paranormal research manager for ghosts you're you're pretty much done unless you get a time machine
1: right which would be awesome (laughs) if you're
0: doing monster hunting though like looking for sasquatch i mean you could keep going on that stuff forever right because that's contemporary (laughs)
1: that's true (laughs) that's very true so that's kind that's kind of my bit well, thank you. I think that was awesome. Thanks, June. I'm almost excited to be one, but no, I better not. <laughs> <laughs> I have too many other things.
0: <laughs> so I'll drop I'll drop a link to the article that I wrote on being a paranormal research manager because it has some further readings for you so that that you can check out. The one thing we didn't really talk about is occult research. Oh, right. And I would say it depends on if you've had occult activity. Mm, then you right. need to do that. So if you know it's... <clears throat> like human sacrifices and stuff like that were involved, okay? You, mm-hmm. you might need some occult knowledge there, but for most hauntings, the, the occult hauntings you hear about, like on all the ghosty shows, that is one-tenth of one percent right. of <laughs> I hauntings. Say, that's okay. very, very rare. Yeah. Very rare. Yeah. But, um, so June, if you would love to be a research manager for a ghost or come on investigations, what should you do? Well, for one
1: thing, um, if you would like to join a ghost, if you are not a member, um, contact me on a ghost.org. There's plenty of contact uh, you know, information in there. And, um, you know, hopefully one of these days when we are able to um, get back together in groups again, we are mm-hmm. now, you know, kind of doing this from home. Um, but, um, you know, come to a meeting and, and get set up and uh, we will. Get you set up.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So with that, it brings us to the end of our episode. We have a couple more planned. We have another haunt to go through. And then we have what it takes to be a really good evidence analyst as our next roles in a ghost hunting team podcast. Yes. So look for that over the next couple of weekends.
1: Yes, and please, everyone, be safe, be well.
0: Wash your damn hands yes, and stay home. Yes, wash your hands, please. My grandparents are gone. Your grandparents could still be around. Wash your exactly. damn hands. Stay away Don't from spread
1: them. spread it to anybody, yeah.
0: Yeah. Cover your mouth. Elbow.
1: Nose yes, elbow. and
0: mouth <laughs> and elbow. Okay.
1: Yes, Please
0: okay so with that we don't want to be
1: investigating you in
0: our next ghost hunt oh you know now i'm being all morbid and doing the cost benefit with more okay i'll just shut up i can't (laughs) help myself okay and with that everyone
1: take care
0: (laughs) bye-bye